Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, and welcome back to our regularly scheduled program. So when we last left off, before the last episode where I talked about my depression, I had surrendered the list to the universe and the universe had delivered an enticing invitation. Do you remember what it was? We'll be crossing that off later. But first, before we go there, I want to catch you up on what's happened over the last six weeks since surrendering the list. So a little over six weeks ago, I was preparing to go down to San Diego with my mom and two sisters for a girls weekend. We had a suite at a hotel and our plan was to do puzzles and play board games, eat and just generally enjoy each other's company. As you know, I'm a big fan of using dating apps to connect with single guys when I'm in a new city. Oftentimes it leads to a date, but at a minimum, I get to have some fun conversations. However, as you may recall, I had deleted my dating apps after the experience at the yacht club that left me feeling icky and disheartened. I tell myself, yeah, but... I feel like about dating in Newport, dating in San Diego is a whole other story. And remember, maybe I am supposed to have a long distance relationship. I tell myself, San Diego is an hour, two hours away, depending on which part of San Diego. So that's very doable. It takes very little convincing to get me to re-download the app and create a new profile. Pretty soon, I find myself swiping away. First up, though, a not-so-fun ride down memory lane. There's a lot of the same guys. Then I see the original fireman. No thank you. Next up, one of the guys who ghosted me after a really great first date back in January. Hard pass. And then, oh, this guy. So this was my original, original fireman. Someone I met back in 2020 when I first tried dating after my divorce. He was a fire captain who unmatched me after my therapist swore I would definitely be hearing from him again. He's a story for another time, but suffice it to say, I had a lot of feelings about this guy. And yet, I actually don't think he'd recognize me from my profile. It's been three years and I've changed a lot. I started to wonder if we'd match again. Hypothetically, of course, because at the same exact moment that I'm thinking that thought, I'm swiping left on him. There wasn't even a hesitation. No, thank you. Wow, I wasn't expecting all that. I just thought I'd find some new guys in a new city. The whole thing actually felt like a small series of tests. I passed, though. I swiped left without hesitating on every single one of them. We are not going backwards, only forwards. And I am rewarded. It doesn't take long to find myself a bunch of fresh new matches. These matches include the director of a big country music festival held in San Diego and the head of sales for a big fancy hotel down there. There's also a cute guy that reminds me of a bunch of my other past matches. I'm starting to notice that I definitely have a type. There's also a super fit guy that's not normally my type, but I'm trying to be open-minded. And then there's a ruggedly handsome, like, whoa, guy. A couple of the matches time out a couple unmatch me. I start chatting with a a couple that are left over and 
Once they find out that I live more than an hour away, I get a variety of responses. My standard explanation is that although I live in Orange County, I'm down in San Diego quite a bit. This is sort of true. I go down to San Diego, like I'm going to be there this weekend and I'm going to be there again at the end of the month. One guy replies, you're far from Escondido. Do you have a teleport machine? I think you mean teleportation. Anyway, I replied that the type of man and relationship that I'm looking for is more important to me than proximity. And he responds, good luck with that. You're going to have to find someone who doesn't value their time. Are you serious, dude? People commute more than an hour each way every day to a job that they hate. You wouldn't commute an hour for someone that knocks your socks off? I unmatch that guy. The guy who was totally my type seems to have what I like to call garage sale energy. He's just browsing. Can I help you, sir? Maybe show you something in your size? Nope, I'm just looking. That guy. I could tell which guys were serious and actually interested in meeting me because they would immediately ask, oh, when are you going to be in San Diego next? This guy, the garage sale guy, just would kind of randomly send messages. He never even bothered to ask when I'd be in San Diego next. It was obvious he wasn't that interested in actually meeting. And by contrast with some of the others, I could see that he was clearly giving little effort. Ain't nobody got time for browsing. As I unmatched him, I said out loud, this isn't a garage sale. Okay, so at this point, after weeding a bunch of guys out, there are two main San Diego contenders that I was focused on. The guy who wasn't really physically my type, but I'm trying to be open-minded, we'll call him CrossFit guy, and the like, whoa, good-looking guy. We're going to call him Hubba Hubba, and I'll explain that in a second. So Hubba Hubba and CrossFit guy both asked when I'd be in San Diego next and asked for my phone number. I really liked they were moving things in the right direction. Unfortunately, Hubba Hubba was going to be out of town this weekend when I was in San Diego. So I made tentative plans with CrossFit guy to meet for coffee while I'm down there. Fast forward, I'm having a great time with my family. We eat a lot. We do a thousand piece puzzle, we laugh, we drink champagne. Meanwhile, Hubba Hubba is texting me from Florida. Okay, Hubba Hubba, let me tell you about this guy. Once I have a guy's phone number, I immediately Google it. I like to see what I can find out about them. So it turns out Hubba Hubba is a doctor, an emergency room doctor, a hot emergency room doctor. Great. I find a review about him online and unlike the Hansy Doctor review, which was unfavorable. This one was favorable, a little too favorable. It reads, I really wish his picture was on here. He looks like a young Hugh Jackman, but that's irrelevant to this review. Yeah, it is. She goes on to say how great the interaction was and how she wishes he could be her regular doctor. He has all five-star reviews except for one. All the five-star reviews are from women. One describes him as having a mesmerizing smile and insatiable good looks. It's very important when reviewing a doctor, don't you think? And then there's one one-star review. It's from a bitter, bitter man. It reads, meh, he was okay. I don't think the smile was anything to write home about. I came in for a testicular examination and he got the job done. A real expert with the cup and cough. I have to say, I'm not loving these reviews. It's kind of a red flag for me. Maybe that sounds crazy. I had one friend say, so you're discriminating against him because of his good looks? Yes. Yes, I am. So this guy is what I now call hubba hubba energy. 
I think this is what the young people call thirst traps. There's a reason they're called traps. Stay away. It's a trick. It's a trap. It's quicksand. It's hubba hubba quicksand. And you better turn around like you see a tsunami coming right at you and run the other way. The hot doctor, he's hubba hubba energy. He is quicksand. He's a tsunami. Say no. But you see, that's the problem with quicksand. It gets you slowly. And then all of a sudden, you realize you're stuck. This guy is super good looking. I think we've covered that. And he's texting me while he's on vacation in Florida. He's consistent and a good communicator, and he's interested in me. And all I want to do is run away. So back to CrossFit guy. Since I'm really enjoying my time with my family, I decide to reschedule our coffee date until after our trip. And due to our conflicting schedules, we can't get anything on calendar for another two weeks. But in the meantime, he messages me every morning and every night. He asks about my day and really engages. He's super spiritual and very into personal development. I really enjoy his mind and the way he thinks. I'm not as attracted to him physically, though. And then I notice he's updated his dating profile and added his height. Oof, he's my height. Five, two. Huh, how do I feel about this? By itself, height is not usually a deal breaker for me, but it does make me pause. I've never matched someone that's five, two. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. I'm just being honest. I always thought all the stuff about dating a guy six feet tall or taller was stupid, but now I'm wondering, okay, how low can I go? We continue to chat and then connect on the phone. I do want to meet him and see how it goes, and then I can decide. I hear that I'm really encouraging myself to stay open and consider him. And this is where I struggle. How do you know when you're being unreasonable or superficial, and how do you know when you're settling? This guy is almost at the other end of the hubba hubba spectrum for me, though. Ugh. Meanwhile, I'm back from my trip and starting to feel those feelings of anxiety and depression creeping in. I try my best to push them down and go about my business, but they're getting stronger and stronger. Fortunately, tonight I have dinner plans with my friend Danielle, the one whose house I spent New Year's at. We try to make sure we have at least one date a month on calendar. We made these plans weeks ago, and I'm so glad to have a reason to get dressed up and leave the house. We're going to an exclusive supper club in Newport. I'm sure this will help boost my mood. While at dinner, Danielle asks me what my plans are for my birthday, which is coming up in just under a month. I tell her that I booked a night at my favorite inn in Temecula, and I'll be spending my birthday there. Who are you going with, she asks. When I tell her that I'm going by myself, she frowns and says, do you want me to go with you? In the past, I've been very quick to reply to this type of thing with, no, I'm good. I really enjoy my alone time. But in that moment, I realize I've done birthdays alone, and I can do them alone, but I don't want to anymore. I want to spend time with people. I tell her about the message that I got earlier that day from my friends, the Money Mavens, inviting me to come to the UK for a weekend to make my UK dating bucket list dreams come true. So are you going to go? She asked me excitedly. I don't know. I want to, but there's a lot that I'd have to make happen for it to work out. I think you should go, she tells me. We talk a bunch more. I tell her about Hubba Hubba and CrossFit Guy. I tell her CrossFit guy might be too short for me and Hubba Hubba might be too hot for me. She thinks I'm ridiculous. 
Then we discussed the possibility of maybe going to see Morgan Wallen in concert down in San Diego in July. Spending time with Danielle always lifts my spirits. I feel so good and excited on the way home. But then I crash again. The next day I wake up feeling so blue. I'm thinking about the night before and all the things I want to do. And again, I remember that I don't have a partner. I have to rely on friends saying yes to have company for things I want to do. I know they want to do it too, but there's just something about asking a friend, particularly a friend with kids and a husband and obligations, to step away from their life to do something epic with you. And as someone who always wants to plan all the epic things, I just feel like having a partner would make this so much easier. And now I'm crying, just choking back tears. This isn't the first time I've cried like this this week. It's weird. I start to think about my sadness. I realize I've probably cried more in the first four months of 2023 than in the rest of my whole life combined. Just then, CrossFit guy texts. Hope you have an amazing day. I just stare at it. I don't know how to respond. This guy deserves better than this. I really don't think I'm in a good emotional state to be dating anyone right now. Immediately, another thought pops up. But what about the podcast? I quickly reply to myself, I need to choose me over the podcast. In that moment, I decide I need to take a real break from dating. I pull out the dating app and delete it again. And then I decide I'm going to cancel my date with him. I feel sick to my stomach immediately. There's part of me that can't bear to disappoint people. I try to give myself a pep talk. Rachel, he barely knows you. He's going to be fine. He honestly won't care. I can't do it. I feel sick. I message Misha. I tell her I want to cancel my date with CrossFit guy, but he's at work and I can't possibly message him while he's working. I realize that I'm torn between my desperate need to cancel the date right now and my fear of upsetting this guy. I push myself to be willing to let him have whatever response he needs to have, but to honor my desire to get this taken care of right now. I remind myself that I'm canceling a first date with someone I barely know. It's not a breakup. I write out a draft of the text I want to send. I honestly feel nauseous. Rachel, be okay with making someone else uncomfortable. You have to do this now for you. My need is to be done with this. And that feels so selfish. As I'm saying that, all of a sudden, I'm clear on where this came from. My brother's death. There were so many people feeling so many things about this. My mom, my dad, my sister. It seemed selfish to have my own feelings at the forefront. I know I felt like I should suppress them to make room for the feelings of others around me. What I'm feeling has nothing to do with this guy. This is trauma. I say out loud, I have to send this message right now. But here's this poor guy just working away. I feel so yucky. I joke to Misha, can you text him? Can you say, hey, CrossFit guy, this is Misha, Rachel's friend. She wanted me to say this. I feel like I want to send it and then block. What the heck? I'm just canceling a date. How many guys would do that and not even think twice about it or ghost me? Well, can't you wait till the end of the day? It's only 10, 10 a.m. His profile reads that he's interested in stoicism. Isn't that not feeling feelings? So maybe he'll be like, okay, whatever. 
Misha holds my hand virtually as I send it. Ugh. I open up the Google Voice app. I stare at his message from just an hour ago. Hope you have an amazing day. I feel like I'm a terrible person. I cut and paste my message into the app. It reads, hey, all this thinking has made me realize that my gut is telling me not to date at all right now. Just really focus on me. And as curious as I am to meet you, because I've really enjoyed our conversation, I'm working on listening to myself more. So although I hate to so much, I need to cancel our date for next Monday. Thank you for being the type of person who can understand why this is hard for me and also why I need to do it. I hit send. I immediately feel relief wash over me. As I wait for a response, I ask myself, how would my ideal person respond? I think he would say, I completely understand and good for you. That actually makes me like you more. 20 minutes later, his reply comes through. It reads, I understand. Please take the time you need to work on yourself. I totally respect you for giving yourself the time to work on you. It's so important. If you're ever curious in the future, don't hesitate to shoot me a text. Oh my God, what a nice soul. I quickly type out and send, aw, thank you. Your message is the exact reason I'm curious about you. I can tell you're actually one of the good ones. Don't be surprised when you do hear from me, although I'm sure you'll be snatched up by then. He responds, I understand because I had to take my time to work on myself before I could put myself out there for dating. I'm still working and I told the universe that if I put myself out there and if I find someone, then great. And if not, then great. I'm always learning and growing. Please do reach out when you're ready. You never know. Now we're deep in conversation. I reply, LOL. Yeah, you're probably my person. Sorry to make you wait a little longer. But seriously, I've done so much work. I just thought I was ready. I think the universe is testing me. Stay tuned. He replies with, ha ha ha. I'll definitely stay tuned. No need to apologize for doing what's best for you. We chat a little bit more and I just feel so much better for doing what I needed to do. But also, I start to wonder if that was the right move. What a genuine guy. With my phone already in my hand, I search my text messages. Ah, there it is. I find the number for my Reiki practitioner. I text that I really need to book a session. She texts back that she doesn't have an availability for two weeks. I immediately book that one. I'm really not feeling emotionally stable. I need all the help I can get. Things get worse, so much worse, before they get better. I spend a lot of time contemplating the very real possibility that I may never find love. I actually grieve it as if it's a fact. I let myself go all the way down to the deepest pit of that despair. And then I try and find my way back. I spend time really thinking about the recent happier times. I think about how I felt during the time when I met the guy on the plane, the times leading up to meeting him, and then during the time I was chatting with him, and then even the time after knowing him last summer when I was going on dates with the guy I interviewed on the podcast and the fireman. And then having my photo shoot in Nashville and even launching this podcast. What was it about those times that felt so good? Well, I loved the spontaneous travel. I felt adventurous and open and fun. I start to think about booking a trip. I feel a flicker of excitement. Okay, yeah. What if I do book a trip? I start to think of places I could go. Ugh, nothing sounds too exciting though. And then... I remember the UK offer. What if I did go? What if I did just fly out to the UK for a weekend? I mean, that sounds really fun, actually. 
What if I use all my credit card points that I've been saving and just splurge and get myself a business class ticket and really just take care of myself? I message my friends and ask which weekends would work for a quick trip. They propose a weekend in June or a weekend in July. I look at my calendar. The July weekend is the date of the Morgan Wallen concert. So I decide I'm going to try and make it work for June. It's about two months away. So plenty of time to get my ticket and make all the arrangements. And so today we are crossing plan a trip to the UK off the list. Emphasis on plan, because here's where everything went sideways. I'll spare you the whole thing. But in a nutshell, I go to book my ticket and my points are gone. They had been stolen. Someone actually figured out a way to steal my points. How crazy is that? No fraud on the credit card, just 175,000 points that I had been saving, gone. I almost started crying. I had to cancel my card and reset everything. But eventually, I was able to get my points credited back to me and able to book my trip. I messaged my friends and let them know, we are on. Instead of coming just for the weekend, I tell them I'm coming in a couple days early on a Tuesday and leave the following Tuesday. Since I'm flying into Manchester and the plan is to spend some time in Manchester and then fly to Dublin, they say they'll book the Manchester-Dublin flights for me. We chat back and forth and everyone is getting really excited. My friend Haley is trying to see if she can come into Manchester for that Thursday night out. She mentions the date, the 15th. I reply, wait, it's the 5th to the 13th, right? They send me the dates again. I had booked the wrong week. And at this point, the 24-hour cancellation window had passed. Instead of having all those beautiful points to use on any combination of airlines, I now had a dollar credit on United. And to make matters worse, the week that I was now supposed to go was the first week of summer after school got out for my boys. So I'd have to ask my ex-husband to take a week off of work to watch them so I could go to the UK. I'm starting to feel like it's just not going to happen. Maybe I can go later in the summer, at the end of the summer. Sure, that'll be fine. We'll do it later this year. I feel crushed though. I'm so frustrated. Every time I feel like I'm starting to come out of it, I just feel like I'm pushed back down. And that's when Hubba Hubba texts me, of course. He's back from Florida and wants to know when I'm free to get together. Is this a test? I think this is a test. I have to tell him no, right? I type out a short text, very similar to the one I sent CrossFit guy, saying, my gut is telling me to not date at all right now. Really just focus on me. And as curious as I am to meet you, I'm working on listening to myself more. He replies immediately with a short but sweet reply. I put my phone down. Ugh. Okay, so literally nothing to be excited about now. That's fine. I have to figure this shit out. The next day, I feel inspired to try and see if I can figure it out. By some miracle, I'm able to find camps for my seven-year-old for that week. Okay, so that's taken care of. Now let's see what we can do about this damn flight. I search on the United website and all the flights are significantly more expensive than the credit that I have. Plus, they almost all had full-day layovers in random cities that I had no interest in visiting. When I finally found one that was reasonably priced and decided to just suck up the layover, I tried to purchase it, and at checkout, I got an error message that said, sorry, our inventory has changed. That flight is no longer available. I tried three different flights 
and kept getting that exact same message. At this point, I'm close to tears. I just close my laptop and say, Rachel, you're not supposed to buy this ticket today. Stop forcing it. Later that day, I stopped by my parents' house. I had decided what I wanted to do for my birthday and who I wanted to spend it with. And so I stopped by to ask my mom about it. We sit on our couch and I start crying. I'm just so sad and frustrated. I tell her, I'm just so sad, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. Those were the only words I could muster. I couldn't even articulate it. I forgot how to use words. I just felt so dejected. I told her that I was afraid it was a perimenopausal thing. She frowned and said, oh, that might get worse before it gets better. I'm sorry. I told her about my conversation with Danielle and that I didn't want to be alone on my birthday. I told her that I wanted to come over for dinner on my birthday. And then I wanted her to make my favorite dinner, Oso Buco, like my grandma used to make. And then I wanted to spend it with her and my dad. She said she'd love to. I then told her about how frustrating trying to book my UK trip was. I told her about having my points stolen and then having exactly enough points to book a premium economy ticket and then having to cancel it and then getting the credit and then not being able to book a new ticket. And I'm crying and I'm sobbing. I have to say, I've never, ever cried to my mom. This may be a normal occurrence for some of you, but I even had walls up with my own family. I just wasn't able to be that vulnerable. But today, I couldn't stop myself, even if I wanted to. And fortunately, I no longer want to. She tells me that she also has a ton of points that she's been saving. But since my dad can't travel anymore, she tells me she's going to give me her points for my birthday. She tells me to book that business class ticket that I wanted. So using her points and my credit and only $200 out of pocket, I'm able to book a business class ticket round trip through Dublin. It feels like magic. I made it work. It's happening. And now it's even better. I know the universe had its hand in this. I can't wait to see what other surprises are in store on this trip and maybe even on the plane. And even better than the trip, my walls were really starting to come down. I was letting people in and it felt really good. I had been isolating myself to mourn my loneliness which just resulted in more loneliness. But this felt like the sun was finally starting to peek through the clouds. And I felt like maybe I was starting to come through it. And this is when the healing stuff really started. I got that protocol from my naturopath. I finally had that Reiki session and I got the body work done. And then like a miracle, I felt like myself again. I felt joyful. I spent some time getting reacclimated. And once I felt firmly back in my right mind, I decided to reach out to a friend to get some advice around re-entering the dating pool. Going through all of that, processing the worst case scenario of really being without a partner forever, and then letting the rest of the people in my life in, I finally got to that place that I realized I don't need a partner. I knew that mentally, but now I knew it through my whole body. I want a partner, yeah. But that needy, almost desperate desire to find him is finally gone. Thank the Lord, I feel free. But it scares me to think that starting to open up to the possibility of finding someone again could set me back and put me in that yucky, desperate place again. Honestly, I'd rather stay away from the whole thing 
then go back to that feeling of desperation. Despair, no thank you. I pull out my phone. I mean, I am traveling again. I really should consider downloading that dating app again. And what about Hubba Hubba, her CrossFit guy? Don't you want to see if Hubba Hubba's still single? I search my text messages. Do I even still have his phone number? Ooh, I do. It's been six weeks, though. But what's the harm in just sending a quick text, right? I stare at my phone, contemplating. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. Be sure to tune in next time to see what happens and to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Love Before 100 to guarantee you don't miss a thing. It's been the-